0: productivity productivity, gladiator I'm Brian Nelson Palmer on this show we talk about life balance and personal productivity it's about leveling up the person as a whole with the topics that help it both work and at home in this episode I want to dig into the idea that productivity should create capacity to advance your life and career not create more work but create more meaningful work and more life balance with uh, with me today my guest I think uh with my guest today I think the show will be especially irrelevant for the ladies actually because with me today on the show is Hasing Hahn she's a certified high performance coach and the founder of h manifest uh He-Sing, thanks so much for joining me on the show today T- tell folk tell folks a little bit about how you're kind of related to our topic today
1: so thanks for having me um as Brian said I'm a certified high performance coach and I'd like to brag a little bit here. So I'm one of the thousand premier certified high-performance coaches around the world. Um, I have 25 years of corporate gig. Um, I was research and analytics consultant for top two banks in Canada and the United Airlines um, in the US. And I am very proud to have led many, many transformative uh, projects, um, CEO-mandated projects for banks Um, in terms of The topic, uh, it's quite personal to me. I mean, looking back, I have become a coach. Uh, I am helping high achievers in corporate and other fields. And often people become very obsessed with productivity and achieving things without really broader vision of where their career and life should go. So what ends up happening is you become really effective and really productive and what I call a lot of project queens and kings, <laughs> and it creates more and you end up being burned out and you kind of overlook important relationships you need to build. So I know that you you have done a lot of amazing work, um, giving people tips and tools and really focusing on how to increase productivity. But I wanted to kind of take you up a notch and let's just take a look at what productivity should enable you to take your career in life to the next level.
0: Ooh, that's powerful. I'm looking forward. We're going to dive into that. I do want to ask before we get started, though, I'm curious, H Manifest, where does that name come from?
1: (laughs) I was in love with Wayne Dyer for a while, and he was my (laughs) <laughs> unofficial mentor okay. Yeah, i mean he passed but everything i did i loved um so he talks about manifesting and how like you know mindset and all that so manifest is a company name that i really wanted to adopt but gosh like everybody loves that name so of the domain course. wasn't available so i said i'm hazing so i just threw in h
0: h manifest i get it now that's cool well yeah. thanks hazing so I, this, you know, interesting in preparing for this episode, you had mentioned to me before we started that, uh, the, well, let's dive into the topic. So first, employees. Let's. I I like to talk to two audiences. There's the employees, and then there's the frontline supervisors and middle managers above those, right? And so let's start first for the employee. When it comes to our topic today about productivity, should create capacity to advance your life and career. Say more on what you meant with that when we talked about this.
1: So, um, the coaching I'm certified in, we talk about. Like six related and complementary habits, behavioral things that people need to develop to become not only just good at what you do, but become really amazing at what you do without burnout and costing important relationships. And so there are six different things going on and productivity is one of the most important, one of those six habits. But I often find that working with my clients, you could be really productive, especially people in corporate and um, governmental, any large organization. Most people rate themselves really high on productivity because they do amazing things and they're higher, cheaper. But... But, you know, you and I both know that if you are known to be effective and productive person, they say, give more important work to somebody who's productive. He yeah. or she, no matter how busy they are, will find the time to make it happen. So often what I'm trying to work with my new client is they want, they know what they don't want. They don't want to be busy. They don't want to continue to do what they don't want to do, but they don't know what they really want. So it's lacking clarity. Like, where do you want to go in your career, in your life? You know, six to 12 months. And most people say, this is what I don't want to do. And I say, that's a good start. But what do you really want? Can you visualize it? Can you dream about it? Can you tell me like income, um, exactly what you want to do? And like, you have to be crystal clear about what you want. Otherwise you could be really productive. Yeah. amazing but the time you saved what are you gonna do to make it more meaningful for you because otherwise you end up working for a long time and you get burned out and you, you know when, mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. when we were when we were preparing for this there's something really powerful you said to me which is that the uh, it's that not many people actually really know the difference between your 80 percent and you're 110%. And so the reason that really stuck out to me is the concept of, okay, if I'm giving a hundred percent, 110% at all of the tasks that are assigned to me, and I don't keep anything left in the bank to do the networking, to find a mentor and work with a mentor to move my career ahead, then all you're left with is more work because the people who do the best work are rewarded with. More work. And so if all you're, if all that's happening is you're rewarded with more work and you don't keep any bandwidth left for yourself to uh, evolve, to grow. That's the really powerful piece. And so, I, I mean, I flash back to things like what in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People book, they call it sharpen the saw, right? That's we you have to, one of the seven habits is to sharpen the saw, which is about increasing your abilities. Or so professional development is important, but you are the only person who's gonna look out for your professional development, truly. So it was really, when you said that to me, it was like one of those light bulb moments that I just, I felt like somebody smacked me upside the head. Man, oh, that's really, true that like you can mm-hmm. learn all these productivity hacks and if you create you know an extra hour in your day because you're that much more effective and you just spend that hour on more of the same that you've done for the rest of it and you don't build on that oh that was like huge so thank you for that hasten that was like oh man that's really that's a it's that's an awesome point i like that a lot
1: well i appreciate it it actually came from my own experience of not knowing <clears throat> what's good Right. I think I come from large banking experience and work with a lot of senior executives. And when you I mean you you have a lot of audience. It's just project managers, amazing people who actually Whole, many different peoples of many different backgrounds to have to move forward the big projects. And I said, but they talk about flawless execution. So when people hear things like that, especially you're asking me from employee perspective, flawless execution. Gosh, I gotta do like I gotta give above and beyond, hundred ten percent, hundred percent. And in North American culture, it's like nothing ever ends. Everybody's given a smartphone, company provided. It's like you're supposed to be on seven. So So I made these mistakes throughout my career, and you, and often, even from our young age, you were rewarded accomplishing something and doing something effectively, which is productivity. Mm-hmm. So people just are conditioned to do more and more and more and more. And what I'm saying this is great, but you have to kind of take a step back and say, what do you really want? And why do you really want it? And based on like if you look at where you are, what you really want a year from now and you really have to take the time, schedule that time in your calendar to think about it on a regular basis and and know what the gap that you need to close. And that's what, but then who is going to help you because nobody succeeds alone? So then what like you know, you said employee perspective, like whether it's your manager, your peer, um somebody that you don't know and we talked about strategic networking. Everybody is doing a really amazing job working with people they know within their group and their partners. That's internal day-to-day networking, but a lot of people don't know, don't have time to think about who else I don't know. I need to reach out in order to be truly effective. And then productivity is just an enabler for you to get there. So amazing work you're doing, but okay, let's uh, let's take up take some pause. Why do you want to be productive? What are you going to do with it? Yeah. But time saved, right?
0: So I'm I'm also taking away. It sounds like with with that time. If you're able to save an hour, where is the hour on your calendar that you're going to do the strategic networking that you talked about, that you're going to do, you're going to meet with a mentor, or you're going to go learn a new skill that's Mm -hmm. the skill. You know how the people talk about you have to get, you have to be doing the job or dress for the job you want or doing the job you want, or oftentimes, you know, when, when they put job descriptions together they often don't say, you know, I want someone who in two years is probably going to be really good at this. Like they're looking for the skills that you have right now when they're interviewing Mm -hmm. you and when, for those opportunities. And so having those skills, where's the time in your calendar to, to plan your level up so that you're ready for that Mm -hmm. next level. And I want you to talk a little bit about, you mentioned specifically, why is this for women more than men or, Can you speak a little bit about that with how this comes up there? Or what have you noticed in your experience?
1: So this is not complaining session or this is not, But this is reality. I'm trying to address something as, as is not worse than it is, but yeah. Real talk in corporate setting, especially, especially like if you, as you move up the corporate ladder, women are promoted for their actual experience, having to do everything, even for the CEO men are promoted for potential based on their potential. So if he did something not quite related, but he's showing leadership quality and if he checked the box like two out of ten box and people see potential in him and he gets he's considered for his potential for the next role whereas women both leadership as well as women of uh, employees were applying for the job we feel like we have to check like eight nine ten out of ten in order to even apply for the job so I work primarily with um, women in corporate and I'm just saying, like I come up with this word and, it, and a lot of people got a kick out of it. Don't be a project queen. Do not be a project queen. Because what happens is you become known as invaluable too valuable to lose in the minds of your boss and your leadership. Oh, and yeah. then you're not carving out time based on your increased productivity to increase your networking skills and and close the gap in skill sets, whatever it might be, to get to the next role. So you just... In our hamster wheel, that's going, it's the,
0: you're
1: you're getting really good at this, but it's just like, you know, I don't want to send productivity ninja. It's kind of negative, but you become a project
0: queen. You're a project queen. And that also pigeonholes you to always be that product, that project queen and not moving on to the next one. That comes up, brings up ideas that we've talked about on the show in the past or things like you have to make yourself replaceable, right? Because if you're the project queen, then nobody else can do it. But if you have an SOP, And like, who's going to cover for you when you're on vacation, or when you go take the two week training, the leadership training that you talk with your boss, and you know, this is your next level, who's going to be able to take over for you when you go. And so Mm -hmm. you really, you have to make yourself replaceable so that you can go to the next job without being stuck where you're at, which is, that's such a powerful thing. Or the other thing, you know, it's helpful. Your manager, if you're the project queen, I feel like they assign you work all the time. Like that's, Oh, well, we know that Hastings going to do it. So let's send it to her. Like, Oh, yes, you're, you're the go-to person for more work. The fun, the, the way you can flip the script with your manager is to ask them for mentor. Hey, manager, obviously I look up to you and the way that you work, but then can your manager connect you? to two or three recommended career managers or mentors, uh, career mentors that they'd recommend. And that's really powerful because now you're using their recommendation mm-hmm. to get connected to, uh, to spend your work time, to get connected to other people who are going to help you advance. And it makes them shift their perspective, like, oh, I have to give this person developmental networking here, I'm helping them do that. And so it's almost like a flip script, like not just, Oh, Hastings might go to add more work person, but now like, Oh, who can I send Hastings to about that? And so I I think that's a, that, that whole, the mentor recommendations and and flipping that script that yes, you are, you are going to spend time on your development. Hey boss, who should I talk to about that? And if you haven't had that discussion with your boss, please do that. Please ask your boss for a couple of mentors around the office, you're going to get all the credit for that, but it's going to help you exactly what Hastings said. It's going to help you move to the next level, create that opportunity, or at least start networking. Your boss will have recommended that you network with these people and you're doing what your boss said and creating those opportunities, at least helping get it started. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also it's how you communicate with your um, manager as well, because um, one of my clients, she's been hired by her boss 15 years ago. Okay, They haven't gone anywhere. They're inseparable. Amazing. This is a classic case. Both women. Yep. And it, like, my client wants to go somewhere and she's like, oh, my manager is not really helping me. She's not the kind of person who's um, mentoring or, or um, helping her direct reports with leadership skill set or something like that. They are all keep their head down and do an amazing job. They're all project walking. I was mentioning a conversation and I said, I you think it's, but then it's not, it's a little awkward. So yeah. I ended up saying things like, you start having conversation in terms of where you to be, but often women feel like if they express their desire for something new, even within the organization, they, they worry their boss is going to think that they're not loyal. Ooh. So people don't want to talk about that. but this is the difference between men and men. Men do, seem to do this very well. It, it's almost like you need to talk to your managers and other people, influencers within your organization that you're doing an amazing job, but you're always looking out for the what's next. It doesn't necessarily have to be advancement, but nobody can read your mind unless you express your desire. And the other thing that is also important, so forget about this guilty conscience that, oh, what if my boss thinks that I'm not loyal, I'm looking for something else? It's how you talk about it. Because what they worry, if you really valuable, they don't want to lose you because they, it's pain for them, right? To replace you. You're, you're irreplaceable and you're both guilty for knocking each other out. And I said, you know, if you think of, like think of the situation from her perspective, if you were her, how painful would that feel? to lose somebody that you've known for fifteen years. Like you know, you don't even have to worry about that portion of your portfolio because she's tried and true. So when you have discussion for something new, you really have to be compassionate about the potential pain the other person feels, and how you're gonna make sure the transition will be as smooth as possible, especially if you're um, looking for different opportunity within the organization. You really yeah. have to mention that to just put that doubt and uncertainty and discomfort out of the question. So yeah, it, it is. I do see that a lot in women. I think it's because um, we you know, I don't know, it could be the motherly instinct, they want to make sure that everything is taken care of. They want to be responsible and dependable. But You are following everything that Brian has shared with you in the past. It's like, how do you not work on things that's not uh, that doesn't matter to you? How do you remove distraction? How do you all these tips and tools? So, say you save an hour a day. Now Mm your your productivity has increased. What are you going to do with it?
0: Right. Yeah. I feel like we're we we've been kind of driving at that. Right. What are you going to do with it? What do so? I guess. And you know what? To speak to the to the mother hens out there, I feel like you're describing. Mm -hmm. A mother hen, and like you want to keep your 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 little your group together, keep everybody happy, and that is that is it, to be honest, it's a really wonderful quality. So yes. I don't. I, we're saying that right now, calling you out, not in a bad way, but but those people are some of my favorite people to work with. They're just mm-hmm. wonderful. So I understand not wanting to lose them. So I yeah. almost want to challenge the mother hens of the group that are listening, or whoever if you're if you're a mother hen listening to, can you invite someone in the group? And start. you start training your own protege now. And if that's your evolution is that you start training somebody who can take over for you so that Mm -hmm. when you go on vacation or you're looking at a taking that training that takes you out for a week or something, you've already done that. Because your boss, what they're going to do is say, oh, I can't lose you because nobody else can do your job. So you almost have to... Show them that you can, but use that kind of mother hand, pull, pull people in. And here's how the team, we're all covered for each other. And clearly, if you're that person, you already can do everybody else's job. That's how you got to be the mother hand that you are. So mm-hmm. make sure that others can do yours too. But from the perspective of then you get to go do bigger and better things. And and I love that. Um, and hey, Sing, I want to I want to shift gears now because we've been talking about employees and starting mm-hmm. here. I want to speak to the managers too. So if you're a manager over some people, you've got people underneath you now. What can you do? What we just said is relative to you as a manager still for you personal. You got to make sure uh-huh. that you're setting yourself up for the next level. If there's going to be a promotion, there has to be a, it the people are going to avoid the pain of change, right? So if if you uh, are able to you know that things Someone could take your place. You've got that. Look, look at that perspective, but also looking up that personally, look at me, I'm, I'm going on and on about this because I'm so excited about it. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is you, we've talked about the employee. Now let's talk about the manager. If you've got people underneath you, how can you facilitate or what, Hasing, what would your recommendations be for managers to help create those opportunities for advancement with the people under them? If you have a mother hen that you love in your group, what? what tips you have to make sure that you're taking care of them and their growth and what they're doing?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Let me address that. And then there was something else I was, I was thinking about. I think, I think manager's job is actually um, team productivity and leadership, right? Those are the two things that are most important. I think you're talking about leadership perspective. How are you going to grow your team Mm -hmm. instead of just keeping them right that's one strategy but that's not really a great strategy uh and and, and you lose people who are ambitious and who are goals because obviously they're not going to grow there uh so for me, is it related to productivity how do
0: well, just in general, so we we talked about like our topic today, really, we're, we're getting back to creating capacity, capacity to advance yeah. your life and career. So yeah. productivity should create that capacity to advance yeah. your life and career. So uh, if you've got a team underneath you, what are there any specific tips or thoughts that you have for the manager in that role now to make sure that that happens for their team?
1: I think... Manager's role is actually um, helping their team to think differently.
0: Okay, So more on that.
1: Say you have somebody who is really good. And I personally dealt with this person (laughs) in my previous role. Amazing. And I would say things like, you know, um, I see you in my role a few years from now. I'm trying to motivate that person to think differently, think bigger. And I would hear things like, oh, no, 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 I don't want your job because like, you, you don't have time to eat lunch and take a break. And um, I'm good where I am. And so, so then I felt like, okay, there are two things going here because I'm not a good, really good role model to show this person that you could – aspire to be me and you should because you're good and if you're interested and uh, and you don't have to have my life because your life is your life and you can create work and life balance so part of it was like i was creating a an ideal state for this person to aspire for my role um so that's one thing and the other thing is you really need to make it a priority it has to be there. Objective, personal development objective. So then they actually feel like they have permission to set aside an hour, two hours every to grow in new skill set or strategic networking or something. And it has to be ongoing discussion. Like I don't, I don't know. Most people meet with their direct reports on a weekly basis, at least biweekly basis. And if you don't bring it up, and all you talk about is project. And how would your direct reports be like they have permission to do it? Even if they they do it, they will not discuss it with you, which is not an ideal situation.
0: Sure. And
1: I think managers have to believe that that is part of your, the most, the biggest part of your role as people manager is leadership and helping people grow. And if your team is intact and it doesn't change, it's the same group of people year in, year out. There's something not right about that. Yeah. Right. It's like you're not going, people.
0: I think, I think so. A couple of specific things I'm thinking about right now. One is you talked about the regular meetings with the managers. If you're a manager, one of the bullets on your regular biweekly meetings should be something about development. If it's a training that they said they were going to take or a mentoring session, I connected you with the mentors. Were you able to connect with them? Then Mm -hmm. you check back in so that one of the bullets that you talk about is not just projects, But it's Mm -hmm. actually something that is for the good of that person outside of their day to day job, right? So, some kind of evolution or something. And if you're checking in on that, that definitely helps them feel important and like you care that they're going somewhere. So, checking in on those things, keep their personal development things. Or if you have a, a development plan with them or whatever your organization calls it, In that development plan, if you know that there's one or two things that are the next most important things they need to do to evolve or to grow Mm -hmm. or train or something, check in on those things. Most places have an online training that's free to take. So it's not always a, oh, let me sign up for this week-long conference that's not happening until next month. Like, no, that's fine. Check back on that later. But find something that they can do right now and include that in the things that you're checking in, especially, and for the ladies, it the, for the women that are working for you and the men, of course, this is true of all sexes, but immediately after what's hazing, hazing after what you were saying about, you know, the, the ladies kind of getting into that. I love the, the mother hen metaphor is very easy for me to, to think about because it's like, oh yeah, you know, they're just, they're, they're fine here. This is their home. This is their family. They've got that. And so if you're talking regularly in your biweekly meetings with okay, what do you what are you, what's outside of that? That really helps them. So that's my my first takeaway on that is that is is that. Make sure you're checking in with them on their next something outside. And the second thing that came to mind as you were just chalking was, you know, you really should also have personal development meetings where you both share where you both want to go. Because mm-hmm. Everybody has aspirations for where they want to go. And, you know, you as a manager, if you want to get there, you kind of... It's one of those things where you put it out to the universe and it can finally happen. Like, part of it is talking with your team about not if if you've created a culture where you share that you have aspirations to get to the next level or another role or another something and as soon as you say that everybody thinks that the world's going to end and the wheels are going to come off the wagon and that everything's going to like that is not a good culture that you created. So by mm-hmm. you opening up and sharing something outside the team or outside the next immediate direct promotion whatever it is or maybe it is that but share where you want to go next because by you sharing that they can share their next one and it might not be in your team. They might not want your job. And please don't take that as a any kind of insult. That's not a reflection of you necessarily. Mm-hmm. As everybody's path, you know everybody gets what it's a new job every 5 years or something and people change companies and they just went through the great resignation where people were changing and looking for other opportunities and so people are always going to change. So try that I feel like the attitude is almost like that thing where you know, you're like trying to smother everything to keep it where it is. Like, no, don't, don't go. Don't move. Don't, uh, you know, everything's fine. We're trying to keep it. No, don't change. Don't change. Don't change. Don't change. If you do that, it's not going to, you're everybody's stuck and that doesn't work. People who are stuck want to get out worse than ever and they write even worse things about you in the reviews when they leave. If you try to keep them stuck. So I share that because when you're having those things be. Be share what you're interested in, even if it's just to start the meeting, take a minute or two and share, you know, here's where I'm trying to go. And then let's talk about where you're trying to go and how I can help you get there and make sure that you're having that meeting more than once a year during the performance review period. Right. Like that's the, Oh, goodness. Yeah. If you can once a quarter during your biweekly meetings spend 15, 30 minutes talking about how the evolution is going on. What are you, what have they been working on or something? If you can, if you can incorporate that into once every three to six months, instead of once a year during performance reviews. It really creates an opportunity for everyone to feel safe, to want to move ahead and do more and think about those next steps. Cause some people just think about do showing up and doing a good job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head because I was just, I was just about to say, because as a manager, like- you know, productivity, if you take care of your people by helping them think differently and really, you know, stoke their ambition. And as you said, Brian, just say, so this is what I do. I mean, if you're looking externally as well, you may not want to share that, but that's fine. You, have, you, you use point. your own discretion, but you're, sure. you're giving people permission to constantly. Let's talk about this. People feel like they're taken care of and your manager really thinks about your growth. At home. They're going to be productive because they feel like they feel valued, and you're watching them. And the whole great resignation started with COVID and these managers are so secure. They feel like people, when they're not doing the work, and there were questions that some people asked, um, some an, a manager in a situation is like, oh, I'm really concerned about um, not being able to have team meeting and things like that. And so Uh, The other person, HR person, was asking, does the work get done? Yes. Did anybody miss deadline? No. Well, then what is the issue? So I think we kind of have to rise above. If you, you know, as a manager, your job is leadership and team productivity. It's a team sport. You worry about team sport, not your individual sport. But if you start really taking care of your team's growth and really help them think differently, the product, they will be product without changing anything because they now they're pumped. They're thinking, okay, I'm doing a really good job here, but my manager's actually helping me think differently and she or he might even open doors for me within the organization and Yep. You have to reward your people as taking those initiatives as being resourceful, not being potentially not loyal.
0: Yeah. So, Hazing, talk about this for you personally. How have you run it? Because I've got like I've got a funny story that I want to share about this exact almost this exact thing that we're talking about and being stuck and and creating capacity to go further. So but I want to I want to give you certainly I want to give you kind of first nod at, okay, what does this mean for you personally? I mean, clearly you're passionate about this. We're we're talking about it. You're like, oh, this would be a good topic. Hey, Brian, I'll come on your show and I'll talk about. Yeah, let's talk about this. So what does it mean for you personally?
1: Based on first-hand experience, <laughs> so
0: Ooh, a project, tell us a story. Yeah,
1: Project Queen, and I. Um, it took me about four years to feel comfortable enough to share publicly on LinkedIn, and that probably got the most, um, you know, responses out of it. I actually had a complete meltdown—not meltdown, like complete, like working hard, being productive, known to do things, and you know, I come from Korea. Um, Asian back. So it's, it's, I was conditioned to believe that you work hard and you're loyal to your employee and you don't complain, you don't talk about your next aspiration and you just make your bosses look good and somebody's gonna take notice. That's how, it, right? you do your job, you're amazing. Somebody's that casing is amazing. You go to places, right? (laughs) So I had this aspiration to become an executive. I was on the cusp of things and I'm, you know, leading CEO mandated multi-million multi-year project transformation. And I was like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. But I became productive. People give me- You
0: mean mean, it's got to happen, meaning your promotion, it's got to happen? But it never did?
1: You know, I yeah recognition happened, but promotion opportunities, things should happen, but nobody... Re- and you need to schedule time to build a network of supporters. And so, me personally, I had a group of supporters, and, and the organization went to major rework and uh, the leadership changed from CEO all the way down. You know how that goes. Like The leaders want to bring their own people, various, to change the culture and stir things up in a good way. So, I faced a situation where all my sponsors, mentors, supporters, influencers I had built over the years are leaving one after the other. And I did not have time. I did not, I wasn't disciplined enough. I wasn't thinking about, I didn't take the time to reflect on where I'm heading. I didn't, I wasn't disciplined enough to um, carve out and schedule time in my calendar to think about strategic networking. If I am productive, my boss, boss's boss gave me more job and it got filled up. And then I got burned out eventually, physically, emotionally, and I was fed up because I wasn't going anywhere. And, and then I felt super alone, like I had nobody to turn to and and then i it turned into like this situation is not going anywhere so i like i had all three things that is perfect storm to create almost clinical level of depression it's like you take it personally you think it's permanent it's never going to change and every time i want to um go somewhere, somewhere internally and my boss might gently block my way to go somewhere because i'm too valuable she's got all this knowledge in her head we can't lose her yeah and so i am really passionate about this it's not just women it's also men and i'm just saying that who is responsible for not sharing your aspiration who is not uh, responsible for not replacing your network and thinking about things it's it's like it's, it's not enough for you to be really amazing at what you do it is so crucial for you to become resourceful and resourcefulness come from that. And it's not always have to be, oh, do you want to be my mentor? It's, that's not the way you go about building relationship. You build relationship one person at a time without anything not expecting anything in return, but you show genuine interest and and you you talk to somebody with one clear ask at a time to gain a little more information or to be exposed to or get introduction to another person you could possibly speak with. And I'm passionate about be start with where you want to be. Even though it's not it's hard to do alone. Where yeah. do you want to be career wise? in six and six months to 12 months time frame. And why is this so important to you professionally and what that's going to enable you personally for yourself and your loved ones? Because yeah. then you find ways to get there because your what and why are so clear. Everybody is resourceful when their what and why are clear. And then you become productive because you got to get your day job done and you have to uh, carve out time to um let people know what you mean, you know in a nice way like it's gonna take some trial and error to be yeah. in that thing it's, it's practice right yeah. but i'm passionate because i was that i was a project i did not know how to communicate and so it's like okay now i'm a coach and i'm shaking people up it's like wake up because i see a lot of women even in a I I was looking at my my connection on LinkedIn and some people say, my team is growing. Anybody know anybody, please have them apply. And I'm thinking the way people communicate and the way things come across, I'm actually compassionate because I see somebody down the track three to five years from now will hit the point that I hit. And as a coach, I am just gently nudging those people like, hey, let's look at it. From a different perspective. Have you thought about? Yeah.
0: Gently nudge or violently nudge in some cases. (laughs) Some people need a violent nudging, and that's, yeah, you get a coach. If you need to be violently nudged, some people need a kick in the pants. I mean, it's, it's very real. I, this is personal for me because I, what you said really resonated with me. You said the 80% and the 110% and those numbers really stuck out because you said, nobody's going to notice the difference between your 80% and your 110%. And for me, I absolutely hit this point where I had worked my way up the ladder and I had reached a certain level and I was ready to go on to the next level. And Mm -hmm. my boss was four years from retirement and really just wanted everything to stay the same so that they could retire. They didn't want anything to get hard. And if somebody (laughs) quit or somebody left or somebody was going to go, that would make their job harder. And they really just wanted to make it four more years. So I was stuck under them for four years. Well, Mm -hmm. or I would have been, but instead what happened is I noticed exactly what you said, which is I backed off my productivity so that I did my job and my job was done and it was good. And I gave 80% to my job and that Mm -hmm. left 20%. And with that 20%, I went to the online training and I started taking online trainings on different things, had Excel formulas and different personal skills that I could develop. But then the other bigger thing that I did was I started looking around at the other jobs that I might want to have, and I volunteered to participate in their meetings. Because uh, I guess in my current work environment, I didn't, you know, my boss didn't immediately see and review my schedule or anything. It really was just here. Here's all the work, all the tasks you have, right? You're a project queen. Are your projects being done? Then cool. They don't ask you about exactly how you spend every minute of every day. So mm-hmm. I was given 80%. And then with that 20%, I actually went and joined weekly update meetings for the team that I thought I wanted to be on just because I was curious. And I saw I approached the manager. I asked him from a mentoring perspective, you know, evolving the career. And I'm really interested in what this team does. Do you think I could just join the meetings? And so I started attending their weekly meetings. And then one year later, a position came up in that team and or. Lo and behold, wow, I'm now really qualified for this because not only when I apply, do I at least have some knowledge on this and I've been sitting in and I'm, I'm like, I have the skills, mm-hmm. but then also they, they know my face. I've been a part of the team for a year of weekly meetings, chiming in and sharing perspectives and participating. So I share that because for me, that was the way I was able to break out from under this boss who didn't want me to leave. I unfortunately, with that job, I had to quit. And go get another or not quit, but I had to leave that job. I had to quit that job to get another job. Mm-hmm. And so for the managers out there for the others, if you do that 80% thing, and with that other 20%, you start trying other things. It's kind of amazing because you get to try getting involved in new jobs and little projects that are interesting. And that keeps, even if the 80% that you're doing is you're bored with it, it's just like, you're so over it. You've been doing the same thing over and over again. At least you've got this other 20% that's really interesting and fascinating. And in the end, the balance feels pretty good. And it allows you to kind of experiment with other things. So you don't have to quit your job to start Trying dabbling in some other things and like meet with other teams and and go, if you have that ability, go do it. And that, and so for me, that was just wonderful because it allowed me to break out of that plateau. So what you said with the 80% and 110% really resonated with, look, man, give them 80 and then keep that 20 for yourself. But make sure that 20 is on evolving. And I love, I love that. So
1: yeah, I mean, uh, you just said something amazing. Like it's my word, not yours. But you said I was just curious. And curiosity is what people lose as they you know, spend 10 plus years in their career. They become really good at what they do, but you you lose curiosity. And yeah. then other thing that I picked up on is that, hey, like I want to volunteer, nothing in return. I just want to learn. And that speaks for humility. So you have curiosity and humility, and then you become, and so it's human nature. People like to work with people they know. And so when yeah. the opportunity comes, you're the natural choice. And you also te- talk about like, you know, I want to mention, you know, two of the six core human needs. People want to be certain, right? So, you know, you get a job and you feel comfortable. Your boss were retiring; like he he or she was holding on to certain. Like, I I'm going to retire. I don't want to do any more And but people also need. N- you know, novelty. So that's what you were seeking, and I'm like, okay, I got really good at what I do, and my eighty percent is probably other hundred ten percent. And knowing that, and give you permission, I don't have to feel guilty because my eighty percent is hundred percent, hundred ten percent. I've done my job to create that productivity and capacity. Now I'm moving, I'm reaching out to people to just learn and and being humble. And I think it's a beautiful story. That's exactly the core message of our chat together today. Amazing. Story. I,
0: w- when you, when you talked about this topic, uh, Hasting, it was like, Oh, I totally, this resonates with me so much because I have absolutely lived this one. So thank you for, for bringing it. And, and here, so, so just to kind of wrap, then here, here's what I love. Hasting, I love that it's. H manifest is the name because you are manifesting what you want. And for you, that's helping others to break through the glass ceiling that they're stuck under and the mother hands out there that are listening and all the, like that's, I, I love that you're, you're doing that and you're giving this thing a try. So, uh, and I also really love the metaphor about the 110%. People won't, might not necessarily see the difference between your 80% and your 110% so that you have something left for yourself. And that was, ooh, that's so powerful. So I love that. And you, when, before we were when we were chatting, before we start hit the record button, you had talked about, you had some kind of biweekly educational series or share with folks if they want to keep in touch with you, how, where do they find you and talk about this biweekly thing?
1: me um, with on LinkedIn, I would love to connect with anybody who wants to know more what I do. And I do biweekly. I just launched the uh, bi-weekly series of uh, the secrets of the world's most successful people. Basically, I'm talking about the six core habits that I'm trying starting to help my clients. And I'm gently introducing one or two habits at a time at a very high level. So you, you get okay. to know what that is all about and whether there is something that you can relate to and anything that I have to share might help you move your um, career life aspirations the other thing that i also um would like would love is anything that we talked about resonate with you but you don't know where to begin because in the beginning at first nobody knows what to do it's scary at first and it's okay right it's it's like learning to learning how to ride a bicycle and how to how to drive at first, it requires some discipline and some tips and somebody who's been there before you help a little bit. So yeah, book on a 20 minute call with me. And I call that brainstorm call. Um, Anything you want to uh, talk about something that we you heard today, or I hate my job. I don't know what to do next. But I love my company. Anything. I'm just joking. But Anything that you're like, I just need somebody to listen to me deeply so I can reflect on what I want to do next.
0: Oh, I see. Got Took it. Walk away. That's <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Hazing. And for you tuning in, one specific request. If you could, if anything that we said today resonates with you from someone you know. If you have a friend who's a mother hen who's been stuck in their job for a little while or any of the ladies that you know that have been stuck on the, in the glass ceiling, would you share the link with this episode to them? Because I know Hasting and I will for love sure. that. And I- thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And if you're more of a reader or you like the short summary of things, thanks for subscribing to the email list because these episodes will hit your inbox with the short summary so you don't have to go looking for them when they come out. So I love sharing Productivity Gladiator with you. That's a wrap.